Hey guys, welcome back to Talking Some Sends, and uh, today we have some very special guests. We were supposed to have them on last week, but last week fell, fell through, something happened, and we were not able to record, and now, uh, without further ado, let, let me introduce you to the Locked On Senators guys. Hey, what's up, Jacob? Happy to be here. Thanks for coming along. Hey, it's Brandon Piller here from the Locked On Senators podcast. Glad to join you. Love hearing that. <laughs> So without further ado, let's get started. So my first question for you guys is, what got you started in sports media? What's your background? Well, that's funny because Pilsy and I have the same start. We both uh, went to the College of Sports Media here in Toronto, heart of enemy territory, as I like to say on the pod. And uh, yeah, we met there. We were a group of maybe four Sens fans out of 40. Uh, so the Locked On Senators podcast, that came later. We actually just started, uh, obviously there's a little radio studio in there. We just wanted to talk some sense um, to drop that on, on this podcast, but uh, no, it was fun. And uh, it started picking up right towards the 2017 run. Hey, Pilsy, that was a big jumping off point. Yeah. Yeah. So we started out at the college of sports media, like Ross said, and we were making sense of the sense uh, a little spin on that. And yeah, just, we, we were lucky. We had a radio studio there and we hopped on, couldn't have started a sense podcast at a better time right what january 2017 so just before the big playoff run and we uh we went for a ride that's for sure well the ride is to say the least like one of our biggest dilemmas or debates at the start of the podcast was whether the victor stalberg pickup was good and uh based off all the shenanigans outside of the rink that we've had to deal with on the pod uh it, it was nice to to start with such a an innocent way Nice. It's a, it's a nice little story. I, I learned a lot there. Uh, so obviously you guys met at the at, at that college, but my question is why the auto senators? Why do you guys cheer for the auto senators? And is there some sort of a story behind that? Well, I'll start because mine's super simple. And I think Pilsy's a little more intricate. I'm a born and raised Ottawa boy, Manor Park. Uh, so I went to Lisgar for high school. And uh, then, yeah, the only reason I left was for school. Went to culinary school in Toronto and then came back, worked as a cook for a couple of years. The whole time I was cooking, I would have one earphone on with the with Dean Brown, Gord Wilson in uh, on team the team twelve hundred back then now TSN twelve hundred but uh, yeah so just born and raised Ottawa boy pretty simple but Pilsy had to have a Hall of Famer bring him on board. Yeah, I'm a little different. Uh, Ross is an OG local Ottawa Senators fan. I'm not from Ottawa. Mostly, I like the Senators because hashtag goalie friendly show. We're both goalies. The greatest goalie to ever play the game of hockey, Dominic Hasek. That was my guy. He's the reason I fell in love with the game of hockey. So I will admit, initially, I was a Sabres fan. But then he went to Ottawa, and I was like, you know what? This is a Canadian team. I hate the Toronto Maple Leafs. I couldn't stand myself if I was a Habs fan. Why not be a Sens fan with my favorite goalie ever? So I've been a Sens fan ever since. That leads me to another question. If you don't, you guys don't want me asking. I, I believe I'm probably youngest one here. How old are you guys? Oh, Ross doesn't want to start this question. That's interesting. First one he passes off to me. We're in our we're in our mid to late twenties. We'll give you that. Mid to late twenties. Nice. I got a, I got a year on Pelzi. That's all. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm definitely youngest. I'm only eighteen. <laughs> nice, nice. So yeah, uh, obviously you guys said that uh, that you you started with uh, with. Uh, Dominic Hashik bring you over to Sens and Ross. Uh, I have more of a similar uh, uh, start to at, like Ross. Um, I listen to like a, a podcast. I work all the time. I work in the TV industry as well, and it's 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 very uh, like uh, familiar to me. So yeah, 
And um, a little question. Um, out of any player in the NHL right now, who would you like to see on the other Senators and why? Ooh, I like that question. Pilsy, if you have one off the top of your head, go ahead. Or I, I do have one brewing, though. Wait, I, I have a question. Are we talking realistic or literally pluck any guy and, and put him on the team? Okay, I'll, I'll give you both. One player realistically and one player out of the ballpark. All right, I'll start out of the ballpark. Start with something fun. I don't, I don't know how you go any other answer than Matthew Kachuk. Imagine getting both Kachuks on the same line, wreaking absolute havoc on any team that comes into town. And those two guys are so competitive. Like watch, they do like over, over the pandemic, they've done like nerf battles. Like they do all these little uh, battles at their house versus each other and do good videos of it. They're so competitive together. You get them on the same team together. And uh, I think they're really going to ramp each other's uh, skill level up. And now for more realistic, this one may be a little obvious, but I still wouldn't have a problem with bringing Anthony Duclair back. <laughs> That's a guy that you can get in free agency. Look, he still hasn't uh, found a suitor. The Sens have him an offer on the table. He could fit in if he accepts the deal they gave to him. So that's something I'd like to see come back because I thought he was a great fit for the Sens. Yeah, I mean, Matthew Kachuk, that would be the most fun. But what's the Sens' biggest need? And it's something that you can't really trade for. It's a number one center. So it is an easy answer, but it's Connor McDavid. It's not Matthew Kachuk. I mean, it's a cute answer in all pills, but it's Connor McDavid. Are you kidding me? Uh, a second, I'll give you a second unrealistic one first is Jack Eichel because I'm, I'm building down the middle. That's that's where you need to go. And uh, they're both locked up long term, which I like. But something more realistic, that right side on, on the defense, we are joking on the locked on sense that it's set. We know the three, but are they that good? That's definitely uh, a debate to be had. I think I would love to see Colton Pareko somehow make his way onto the sense. A big rangy defenseman, good two-way game, can contribute offensively, but Really, he is what those guys aspire to be in Gabranson and Josh Brown, a big defensive defenseman, but he just adds so much more to his game. So I'll say Pareko is something a little more realistic. How much? I don't know. Yeah, that'd be interesting having uh, having Colton Pareko playing with uh, with Thomas Schwab. That'd be a very wicked, wicked pairing. And like they're both really still young. Like Thomas Schwab is about 23 now, and Pareko is what? Yeah, probably 25, 26. Yeah, exactly. It'd be be nice uh, to to build your core around those guys for the future. Like it's nice to have a. to have uh, uh, Thomas Spot and uh, Eric Branstrom, even even Jake Sanderson, but you need that guy to play with Thomas Spot. And uh, um, now a little more of a goal on your, like on your podcast is you guys have have reached a lot of goals in the last while. What is your next goal you want to achieve with the Locked On Senators podcast? Ross, you take this away, King of Content. Um, well, I mean the natural goal, and I don't know if it's quite realistic, but if we get to a hundred thousand downloads in one, in the first year, that'd be huge. We're we're hovering around 75 right now, but then you think about it and in the last two months, we've had almost half of all those. So if we can keep that growth up, then uh, it could be good. But I mean the growth, really the numbers, and I get a little, uh, maybe too invested in the numbers just for fun. But, uh, the big thing is, is carrying the conversation and making sure there's something online for the sense community to to eat up because like we're going on over 240 days without a game this is as long as it's ever been since the 0405 lockout when there's a complete shutdown and honestly i think that 0405 lockout the sense kind of needed that year to reset after the three playoff defeats the leafs and so much change you know jacques martin getting fired and 
Um, I believe they replaced the GM as well, Marshall Johnson with uh, John Muckler. So you, you had that big gap there with lots to talk about. And this is kind of the same way because the, the turnover on the roster has been re- amazing. I was going to say ridiculous, but I do love some of the moves that, that Dorian's made. And I really just can't wait to see them on the ice. So what we're doing is making sure that Sens fans like you, like you said, you're in the food industry uh, and that doesn't go on pause like the NHL did. So you're still hoping to get the content and, we, we don't want to be out of sight, out of mind. We want to make sure that every day you wake up and at least by 2, 3 p.m., you have at least a half hour of Sens talk for you. Yeah, yeah. And so to, to answer from my perspective, similar to Ross, like, yeah, we're looking at that six-figure number for our yearly downloads. I think we can get it. It's going to be tough, but uh, that's, that's our goal from a number standpoint. From a general standpoint, uh, Jacob, the thing I really want to do with our podcast is – we're trying to have all these different kind of guests on like Ross and I do a daily show. Sure. People uh, love the pod and they follow along, but you get sick of hearing the same opinions, the same voices all the time. We're trying to bring in different guests, players, um, coaches, reporters, all these kind of different perspectives to show Sens fans. There's a lot of different ways to look at uh, the puzzle pieces and there's a lot of puzzle pieces with the Ottawa center. So that's from my view, that's our goal as a podcast coming forward. Yeah, and it's, it's perfect that you said that because we don't want to be an echo chamber of just trying to get our takes heard and like lift, listen to what we say. We're not trying to be preachers. We we just want to continue a conversation and make sure it's as widely variable as possible, make sure we get all sorts of opinions, especially ones that we don't agree with. I feel like those are the best interviews because you can really bounce off each other. And uh, we had Rachel Dory on who's very analytical, but uh, I really enjoyed speaking with her because I felt like she bent a little bit, like she understood where we were coming from a little bit, but then she was very hard on her point and we felt like we understood her. So that's kind of the, the biggest thing, Jacob. And also just getting a chance to speak with everyone. I know we do our Send Central Citizen Saturdays and we're definitely going to be getting you on for one of those, but I think that's my favorite, just hearing the unique stories of how people became Sens fans, what brought them close to this team and why are you still paying attention with this long layoff? Like how are you so attached to the team that's done so much good and bad in the last like five years. So um, I just think it's a, a really intriguing uh, fan base because such a small market, but so passionate. So uh, we're just happy to be a, a small part of that. That's a nice, really in-depth answer. And it's more than I could have asked for. Next question is um, what is your earliest member as an auto senators fan? Like, what is your, like, what, what is your earliest uh, memory of, well, Pilsy's probably watching Hasek pull off the Spezza name bar on the number 39 jersey in 05 when he, when he was signed during his press conference. But for me, it's it's got to be getting my Lance Pitlick jersey, I got to say. Like when I was, it was probably 1997, I would have been five years old. So when you ask how old we are, I always like to point out that I was born the same year that the Sens came in the league. I was born to be a Sens fan. Literally. Yeah, so I was born in August of 92. The Sens played their first game in September of 92. So Literally a month after I was born, the Sens became a team. So I was able to, uh, I guess, just have my infant memory, be able to shred those first five years where they won about 10 games a year. But then as I started getting older in my more developmental years, that's when they started making the playoffs and then winning a couple series. And then, of course, in 03, winning the President's Trophy, I was just locked in. And I was, yeah, around 10, 11 years old. And uh, ever since then, like I was lucky my dad had the half-season ticket package. So I'd go to a few games whenever I could. And uh, just getting to see the the amazing talent that was coming through those doors. And I found myself like, of course I cheered for the Sens, but I found myself looking at the visitor sheet a lot when I went to the games, like 
who, who are some of the guys coming into town that, that you go see? And I thought that kind of entertainment aspect uh, wasn't lost on me at all. And then as I became more into goalies, I'd be like, okay, like uh, Luongo's coming into town in a couple of weeks. Like we got to go to that game. And I found it like really good for, for me growing up playing hockey, getting to see these NHL guys up close. And that's the thing that I would be most painful if Ottawa were to ever lose a team is that next generation of kids don't have those like insight in mind type players where you're like, I could do that one day. So I, I think that that was a, a really big part of growing up, uh, becoming more and more of a Sens fan and uh, probably with Pilsy too. And they made that cup final run in 07. Like you're just, you're just like stuck after that. Yeah. I was a pretty lucky bandwagoner fan. I'll admit that. I'm like, surprised cup- you didn't go to Detroit because Hasek won a cup two years later there. Yeah, I, I really decided I wanted to cheer for a Canadian team. And like I said, I was caught in the middle of Toronto, Montreal. So I was like, no, you know what? I'm sticking here. And uh, yeah, so my my answer is not as long as Ross. I was basically came over with Dominic Hasek. And I was like, you know, the, all I remember from the Sens before is them uh, getting beat by the Leafs in the playoffs. But now that Hasek's here, they seem pretty good. I might stick stick around for this team for a while. So yeah, the, the Hasek days are my first memories as a Sens fan for sure. Interesting. I like hearing the, 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 the diversity of stories between different uh, different fans. I've always asked my uh, my guests what their what their earliest memory or how they became a sense fan, and it's really interesting to hear the uh, variety in answers. Um, now, next question is: Obviously, you guys have known for each other for a while, but how did you both get the Locked On Senators podcast gig? How did that start, and um, how uh, like have you guys worked uh, together before that? Well, yeah, we did the Making Sense of the Sens. There's four of us back then. We're still good buddies with the other two guys. Just schedules didn't work out. And uh, once we came down, uh, well, it was three of us when we got picked up by Locked On. Uh, my, my day job, or I guess it's sometimes nights, but I work at TSN 1050, uh, the radio station out here. And one of the guys who's another producer there, uh, if anyone's familiar with Overdrive, he's Al's brother on Overdrive. It's a, a nice little uh, character they have. Uh, built up for him but his name's Mikey DeStefano he's a really good guy and uh, he does the Locked On Leafs podcast Um, so he had the connection there to a guy named Sean Woodley who does Locked On Raptors but he's also the channel coordinator for the NHL and they just so what they do is they have a podcast for every NHL team and basically you know that there's going to be daily content coming out of each one so it's kind of your one-stop Locked On network of NHL teams. And yeah, they were missing an Ottawa one. He knew that we were doing the podcast at that point, maybe once every two weeks, whenever we could really, it was, uh, it was no particular schedule. And once we, once locked on the opportunity came up, we were pretty slow on the uptake. I think Hey, Pilsy, it was like one show we would do like a single guy would do it. We would basically contribute like two shows each a week. And like some of them of course would be on the same time. But um, then I think it was, even after the, the game stopped, eh, Pills, that we really started ramping it up, which is kind of ironic, but at the same time, it uh, there's more time, right? Because Pillsy moved up north and my, my work got cut way down. So we had more time and it was really a, a time where we felt we could get creative, where maybe the mainstream media is taking a little bit more time off and they're not chasing stories because most of their stories revolve around the access that they have to players. So to have the, the opportunity to kind of, build up uh, more of a, a listenership while everyone else was maybe sleeping. I think that that was uh, a pushing force for us to go up to five days a week and ultimately six, like right now being the off season locked on only requires us to do three shows a week, but 
we, we don't want to be out of the, the new cycle or out of the, at least our little new cycle that we have in our brains. But I do think that there is something to be said for that. And uh, hopefully uh, everyone can, will remember that when hockey comes back, that, uh, that we had their back on day 242 without sense hockey. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I threw it over to Ross initially for the question, because it was Ross's connection uh, through TSN radio that got us uh, linked up to the right people. It's, it's funny, it's every business is the same, right? It's all who you know, and it ends up being a small world and you got to connect with people. And that's how you get different opportunities. And at first, the idea of a daily podcast was pretty frightening. We were like Ross said, we did one maybe once every two weeks when we had the time or there's a big story. But now we're the ones got to come up with the content. And then when a global pandemic hits and you don't play hockey for hundreds of days, you got to get creative. And uh, we really switched our mindset to doing the pod when we can to we just all we we always do it. And it gets easier and easier as you go on, luckily. So we've we've had a we've had a good run here and uh, there's only good things left to come. That's for sure. Well, and it's one of those uh situations where it's just become a routine now like we we roll out of bed and we're both morning people which really helps i think in this situation whereas our good buddy parley uh chris parliament for anyone who's listened for a long time he's he's a great guy love his takes on on hockey but he's he's a night hawk and it just it didn't work out schedule wise that that uh that he could be on the show all the time so we're hoping i'm back here and there but what pilsy and i do wake up in the morning shoot a text like what's the big story today and Within 20 minutes, we've got a coffee on. And uh, fun fact, maybe a little behind the scenes, I do half the shows in my house coat. Um, I'm, I'm barely out of bed and we're just having a good time, right? And I feel like that casual atmosphere, we're just, uh, I feel like it comes through on the mic. Like it's not, uh, there's no, there's no real like rhyme or reason, but I feel like we flow pretty well. Pillsy, was that my version of the, I'm still wearing Burks from 2017? Yeah, there you go. Behind the scenes. This this podcast is done in our house coats. Yeah, that's actually a really nice story. I, I like that. And it's it's nice. It's uh it uh, definitely shows that you guys definitely have yeah, drive and passion for the sport and for providing content. And I do believe for I do agree that for sure with uh the main the, the, the media some uh taking more of a step back, you guys really took a step forward and it, it really shows that you guys have been working a lot for this and it I I, I, I really hats off to you guys. Now, my question is, you sort of answered it before, but uh, uh, once hockey gets back, uh, how, do you, how will you guys find time in your probably really busy schedules to record the podcast as often? Or are you guys going to take a step back and maybe do the uh, one-person shows and all that? Well, I can tell you, for probably speaking for the both of, both of us, once hockey comes back, we're not taking a step back. That's for sure. I think uh, we're itching to talk about games on the ice. I mean, Sens in Europe ha- has us just stoked every morning to watch Sens prospects highlights on Twitter. So once hockey comes back, I can promise you we'll find a way to watch Sens hockey and keep our content coming out. That's for yeah, sure. Jacob. I'll, I'll be so fired up. I'll be doing the podcast, my house coat and my skates. I'm going to tie them on <laughs> at home because I'm so fired up. No, there's absolutely no way that we're going to be taking a step back. It's, if anything, we're going up to seven days a week. I don't even care at that point. It's just, um, it's going to be such a relief, even at training camp. Like we might do two shows a day, one before training camp. And then after they skate, like I'm still working. I need to find a way. And if anyone can help shoot us a DM at send central, I need a camera in the arena on training camp. Cause I need to watch every single two on one drill. It, it's just been so long, Jacob, without hockey, I need it back so bad. That's uh, 
hats off to you guys once again for that. Um, so now more of a uh, more behind the scenes question. You guys say you record your podcast really early in the morning. What goes in recording a show? What prep do you guys do beforehand? What uh, what uh, what work do you guys do to put an episode out? I'll let the president of preparation take care of that answer. Yeah, I was gonna say Ross literally does roll out of bed in in his house coat uh, and he makes a, a coffee mid show while we're going. But that's hey, everybody's got their styles, right? I'm, I'm a little more prepared. I like to have a nice lineup set up. I get started a little earlier. I get I get my notes done, and uh, I like to approach it a little differently. But I mean, I'm not a sense encyclopedia like Ross is, so it takes me a little more time to uh, gather all my info. But I think that that kind of plays, just like Pillsy said on the show yesterday with D partners, where you want one offensive guy, one defensive guy. It's almost similar where I'm all emotion. I'm all like, you're all offense. In the most. Yeah. And then you're the outgoing you, defenseman. You're more calculated. And I, I love that. You're, you're more down to earth, calculated. And I'm just bringing excitement and years of just literally following this team every day and, and digging and. I just have these like dates stuck in my head and yeah, it's, it's wild. Pillsy put it best. I, I'd like to say a sense encyclopedia would be, would be fairly fitting, but um, to, I guess, further answer your question in terms of the preparation, something that we try to do as well is uh, bank a couple interviews here and there, like take a day and try to book three or four interviews on that day. And then we have our whole week kind of planned out. And then we just have to record maybe seven minutes off the top and then seven minutes at the end of the show. And then we know that we have a 20 minute piece in the middle. So I think looking ahead, that's a a good way to do it. We have like a content calendar that we have in our lineup where um, we're just like key date. So for example, December 1st, we know that that's when North Dakota starts their season. So as it gets closer, we see it on the horizon. We have uh, Timmy Stutzla. We have what will will be six weeks from his surgery on our calendar. What will be eight weeks? So just these important little dates that the average fan maybe has out of mind. And then we're able to bring that up on the podcast and make, uh, make content out of it and be informative too, right? Because uh, it is facts. And then maybe there's nothing coming out on Twitter or wherever else we're getting our news sources from. But we're able to kind of, because we're, we're prepared, I guess, in that sense, we're able to kind of go into our back pocket whenever maybe content's lighter. Nice. Uh, did you want to add, add on to that at all, Brandon? No, that's that's it. That's that's a more behind the scenes look at uh, what we do. Yeah, the the lineup and the the planning is key because it allows you to access things so much easier. You're not scrambling to find stuff because you've got it all prepped and ready to go. So everybody has their different approach, right? Yeah, and I'll just finish off by saying after we do the show, which is usually between nine and nine thirty in the morning, we'll do that. Uh, even when I'm working at my serving job as well, um, that's never before noon. So we're always able to, to start early in the morning and get that done. And then once we're done recording, we usually go for, I don't know, 40 minutes or so. And then we usually cut out, I'd say five minutes. Like if we're just getting a little long winded in a topic, we'll, we'll chop that out a little bit, but usually it's just one, one run through and either Brandon or myself will, will sit down and edit the pod and, uh, yeah, usually I'd say from the minute we're done recording, we can get the podcast out within an hour and 15 minutes. So the quicker the turnaround, basically the, the more on time we feel and something that's happened a lot. And I mean, this is just kind of the world of podcasting is we'll finish recording and then the Sens will sign Tierney or the Sens will sign Connor Brown and literally minutes after, but then on the other shoe, 
you feel so good when, when news comes out right before you hit record, because those are our best episodes, our most listened to ones where we have the word reaction in the title, because then we're all me where maybe we're not as prepared, but we're, we're hashing out how we feel about it in real time. And I think that, um, I think that that says more than pulling up his hockey DB page and just saying he had this many goals. It's like, well, how the hell is he going to fit in? What's going on here? Try to put all the pieces to the puzzle. And um, I think that's my favorite part of, of the sends right now. There's so many options of, of, you could tell me seven different opening night rosters. I'd be like, yeah, I could see it. Whereas I don't think there's any other team like that. So uh, just the, the fluctuation that's going on right now, the Sens could not have given us more to talk about in such a long period without games. Wow, that showed that you guys really, uh, really uh, um, know know your stuff. You guys really put a lot of work in the episode that I mentioned earlier, and I really, really respect that. Makes me also makes me want to turn my podcast to a, to a daily show too. But I know I don't have time for that. <laughs> but yeah, basically, another question is just raised off your mentioned. If you look at any single like uh, one of our prospects, if you could pick only one of them to play opening night uh, um, uh, and for a full year, who, who would you choose and why? Joey Decord. Joey Decord? No, I'm just saying that because he's a friend of the show. Okay. We love Joey, but he'll be in the NHL one day. But to opening <laughs> night, like, are we still counting Drake Batherson as a prospect? I guess as of right now, I guess you can count him as a prospect for now. But, like, to me, I'm, he's the biggest lock to make the team out of anyone who played for Belleville last year. I'll put it that way because he played about half the year in each. But um, to, for me, it's Drake. He's just such a great player offensively and defensively. Like, we asked him, and this is back in the making sense of the Sens days. We had Drake was our our second guest ever. After Maybe. Sean Donovan, I think. Well, no, then we had his agent, and then we got Drake. So third guest, I think. Yeah, third guest ever on the show. He was still playing for Cape Breton in the uh, in the Quebec League. And I think he had just finished at the World Juniors. That's exactly what it was. He had seven goals in seven games at the World Juniors. And then we got him on the show. And he said that in their scouting combine, you put which NHL player – do you most play like? I'm going to ask you, Jacob, what, what NHL do you think Drake Batherson would have put? I honestly have no idea. Mark Stone was, wow. uh, was his answer. And of course, Stone was playing for Ottawa at the time, but there are a lot of similarities in their game and how they react defensively. Great reads. Stone a bit better of a stick in terms of picking off bucks. But the vision that, that Drake has, like he'll, he'll t- make it play in the defensive end and he never, he never, um, I was going to say, I was going to use fumble F, which is uh, I guess more of a, a lax term, but where he, he never like just gets rid of the puck in a hurry. He's always calculated in making the play that will result in the best breakout or the most high danger chance in the offensive zone. So for me, it's Drake Batherson in a landslide. If I were to give you two though, Christian Willannon, Although he only played a few games in Belleville, I'd say he's as good of a lock, and I'll let Pilsy take red light Rudy from there. Yeah, that I'll if Ross is doing two, then I get to do two. I'll I'll start with uh red light Rudy, as you like to call him, Rudolph Balser. That's been my guy for a long time. I think it's about time he gets a good chance in the NHL in a third line role to show that he can be a, a good all-round player, but can also put the puck in the back of the net. I mean, go to his hockey DB and everywhere he goes, he put a, puts up points. So I think it's only a matter of time before Balsers uh, cracks the surface here. And then for my other answer, I'll go a little more. This is what I'm more intrigued about is Logan Brown. Same thing with him. I want to see him get 
a legitimate shot to play third line minutes in the NHL. None of this sheltered fourth line under 10 minutes. That's not going to do a guy like him any good. Give him a chance with some talented guys. Maybe Balsers and Batherson is where I have him uh, lined up because they have familiarity in Belleville already. So start them together. See how that line does. And I think we need to see what we have from Logan Brown here this year. Otherwise, you need to decide, are we going to keep trying to develop him or are we going to try to move on from him at this point? That's, that's actually a very fair answer. Yeah, I like that. Next, uh, next question. Uh, out of out of your, your time doing the uh, the uh, Lockdown Senators podcast, what has been your favorite memory from the show? Wow. Uh, I guess I'll I'll start. Uh, this this was 178 a... episodes worth <laughs> of content here. Yeah, uh, I think both of our favorite memories probably come from guests, I'm assuming. So I'm going to start with one of my favorite guests. And this might surprise people, but Christoph Schubert was an absolutely amazing guest. Not locked on Sens, though. What? He's not on locked on Sens? I thought he was. No, that was making sense of the Sens. One of our final episodes. Yeah. So this this is a shout out to the OG listeners, then, if you were locked on Sens or uh, making sense of the Sens. It's still on our RSS feed, though. So people can go back and listen to it on the locked on. If they scroll all the way down, our final making sense of the Sens ones are there. And uh, that one was awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, so there, I didn't know that you're lucky you can still access it. But that was a fun interview, because I feel like he got kind of lost in the shuffle. And he was around for a lot of big moments. And he had some funny stories. And just hearing it through his German accent uh, was pretty funny for me. So I'm going to go with that one off the top of my head as one of my favorite memories of the podcast so far. Yeah, I'll go to I'll go one guest and one without uh, our most listened to show ever. Also, the most listened to show on the NHL's entire network of, of locked on pods was our reaction to the first round of the draft. And with so much lead up to it, to finally know who was on the Sens prospect pool now was just amazing to, to break that down. And all the fun stories that came out of it, like how Ridley Gregg and um, and Jake Sanderson's dads were drafted in the same draft uh, 30 years ago. Like there's just so many connections to put um, to put together on on that night. So that was a really fun one, especially we were probably like, what, 10 beers in each. We'd wa- we'd just watched the draft. Like I think it was the 30th. They were still doing the 30th pick. But we're like, OK, let's hit record. And yeah, like I said earlier, the reaction podcasts are my favorite in general. So I thought that that was uh, that was pretty special. And then for me. Um, I'll have to go with Andre Waugh because he was electric. This guy, while I was introing him, so we do ours on Zoom, just like we're chatting right now. And while I'm introing him, he's flexing his arms as I'm talking about how he's a Stanley Cup champ. He's he's just going crazy. So I knew it was going to be a fun interview. And then he told a story about how he, I he, love took this. A, he took a shootout in the East Coast League. And we're like, who the hell's putting you in a shootout? And anyways, the goalie stopped him. Shocker. Sorry, Andre. But then the goalie chirped him. So he turned around and two handed him. And he told a story about how both benches end. He started a bench clearing brawl in a shootout. So I thought that that was one of the most iconic stories that that we've ever been lucky. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of that, having Matt Cassian on to relive that 2013 Hab Sen series, that was awesome too. We love getting the guys who are in the trenches in the battle and, uh, and their stories are always the most fun. Those are really great. There's different memories there, and I, I like that. I, I remember uh, the, the last episode you mentioned with the Matt Cassian. That was probably one of my favorite episodes of yours. Wasn't it fun? Oh, it was a really that you wanted to turn uh, Colby Armstrong into a bug-eyed walrus. Yeah, I loved it. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, that's really it for my, uh, for my, uh, for my quick interview. Um, uh, if you guys want to take a couple minutes here and there to plug your socials and all that, feel free by all means, go right ahead. Sure. Well, I'm Ross Levitan. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at that handle. And then uh, I run the Send central account there too. Uh, that's where we post the podcast from. You can obviously find locked on senators wherever, uh, you get your podcasts and, uh, Pilsy, you, you've got a number on the end of your Twitter name though, eh? Yeah, I'm at Brandon Pillar one. I, I try. I looked up at Brandon Pillar and it's some guy who has like two tweets from like 2011. Maybe I'll contact him, try to wow. get that clean, that clean Twitter name. But for now, at Brandon Pillar one. And uh, yeah, mostly talking about the sends, obviously. And uh, you can definitely find some good locked on sends tweets that I'll uh, pass along and echo as well. Well, yeah, the, the one of you, the video of you being belly was all time there the other day. Yeah, yeah, you got uh, you got some mascot stories too. That's for sure. Mascot athletes. Yep. Yeah, it's those are your Twitter, those are Twitters there. And I want to thank you guys once again for coming on the podcast. You guys are guests whenever whenever you want. Love having you. Love having you guys again. Thanks again for coming on. And um, yeah, that's it. That's awesome, Jacob. Keep doing your thing, man. We really appreciate uh, you taking the time and reaching out. And we're happy to hop back on anytime you need us. Just let us know. Yeah, thanks, Jacob. Great to be on uh, the Talking Some Sense podcast. There we have it. Thanks again to the Locked On Senators podcast, guys. Ross, Levitan, Brandon Pillar. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast this week. It was really fun having you. And uh, in case you, haven't, you didn't hear their Twitters, you can follow them at Send Central or at Ross Levitan or at, and at Brandon Pillar 1. As for our podcast, you can find me at Jacob Revere. You can find our co-host at Alex Longo at 15 and you can also find the podcast account at some sends. I'll also link all these in the description so don't worry about spelling or anything like that they will be in the description. Thanks again for uh, listening to another episode of Talking Some Sends and that is going to be it for me this today and this week. Have yourself a wonderful week guys. See you next week.